Welcome to our podcast here at Encounter Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We pray that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire is to be a place where life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. If you're in our area, join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. and every first Wednesday at 6.45 p.m. For more information about our church, you can visit us at EncounterChurch.today or follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Periscope. Just search eChurchBR. We invite you now to open your hearts to receive what God has for you. Here's today's message. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you today that you are so awesome. God, I pray that, God, you would speak into each and every one of our hearts today. That you would make a difference in our lives, God, because you are the difference maker. And God, we came in one way, but we want to leave here changed. And God, we pray that you would give us eyes to see the best. God, a heart that believes and trusts in you. God, that we would see you move in a great way today. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen in the house. High five two people around you and say, you're looking good. You're looking good. Looking good. Looking good. Looking good. You know, probably two and a half years ago, two and a half years ago, we actually taught a similar series to what we're going to teach today. And in preparing for the year and looking at the calendar and looking strategically at the different seasons and times of the year, I just really felt coming out of Easter especially and and new people coming into the church, how important it is for us once again to understand the truth and the blessing that we have in God's Word. The power that there is. For many of us, it's just a Bible. It's just a book. But there is so much more to it. So today we're beginning a new series. It's going to be four-week series. And with Mother's Day and, and Family Day, it's going to prolong it slightly. But we're looking at this series, and it's called It Is Written. It Is Written. And what I really want us to do is to discover God's Word in a new way. And notice the Bible says it is written. It doesn't need to be rewritten. And that's what society in the world is trying to do, is to rewrite God's Word because it's old-fashioned, it's dead, and, and it's boring. But we're going to see that God's Word is written for what reason? Because it's still alive. And it's still powerful for every one of us. So we're going to unpack everything that we believe God's Word makes available for our lives. You see, again, as a pastor, it's my job to navigate you through the different seasons of your life. The best way we can pastor you is by you being here. A lot of people want counseling and they want help. Be in church. You'll get the counsel and help that you need because he's the wonderful counselor. But the Bible is one of the greatest tools that God has given us to navigate the seasons of our lives. You understand what I'm talking about? Different seasons. In the natural, there's different seasons where we can maybe go through sickness and pain. That's a season. With our children, the different seasons when they're an infant and when they are toddlers and when they're teenagers. Help us, Jesus. And then when they grow, there's seasons in life. And I believe that God's Word contains the answer to every question that you could ever have. The questions of life can be found, the answer, in God's Word. And one thing I love about God's Word is this. God's Word isn't an opinion, it's truth. You throw it out there on social media and you ask people, you'll get a whole load of opinions. But we need to know what the truth says. The problem is, many times we like the opinions better because they fit our thoughts, our agendas, what we want. 
where the truth sometimes is so far removed from where we want to be, but it's the truth that brings freedom, the Bible says, to your life, not opinions. Because man's opinions will put you in greater bondage. Because there is a way that seems right to man, but man's way ends not good. It ends in death, but God's way is life and truth and hope. So my goal over these next four weeks as we study God's word is for you to realize the awesome gift, the gift God's word is to your life. Come on, the gift that God has given to you, his word. Say with me, his word. And for you to begin to use it to direct your life, to help you in your life. I want you to love it, learn it and live it. Psalms 119.105, your word, the psalmist says, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In other words, God's word is the light and direction I need in the darkness of life. There's a lot of darkness out there. There's a lot of uncertainty. The world is challenging. But God's word promises to be the light and lamp that I need. It can navigate me safely through. Have you ever been in darkness and you had just a smallest of light? Now with your cell phones, you can turn it on and you can see where you can maneuver. That's what God's word wants to do. It wants to help us maneuver through the challenges and the struggles that we have. And even this, keep us from the troubles and the harms. How much better to be prepared before instead of having to go through those things. So God's word can direct our lives, because we've got to understand this. Here's where we've got to be. We're laying some groundwork today. We're on a spiritual journey. Every one of us is on a spiritual journey. And you know why that is? Because we are a spiritual being. That's how God made us. We're housed in a physical body. But the truth is this, we are a spiritual being. So if I want to grow in a healthy state, it's not feeding my natural body, it's feeding my spiritual body. If I want to see the best growth in my life, I've got to feed the spirit man. So here's a question for you today. How healthy is your spirit? I was thinking about that when I was walking this morning and praying. We put so much effort into dieting and exercise and making sure our natural body looks good, which the Bible says is perishing and it's not going to be forever. But what effort have we put into our spiritual body? What's the condition of your spirit? When's the last time you read and prayed? When's the last time that you just really sought God for the well-being of your spirit? You are a spirit being before a natural being. And your spirit is that which lives eternally. And so we've got to make sure that we're putting in the effort. Because here's what I believe. If you will make a focus to your spiritual life, And to your spiritual being, great things can happen for your life. Maybe you're just here trying out church. Well, here's what we ask you. Give us a few months of your life. Let us feed your spirit. Talk to your spirit. Be led by the spirit and watch what begins to happen. Because the Bible says that when you fulfill and walk by the spirit, you're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. So things can happen in your life when you feed your spirit. Some ways that we can feed our spirit and tools that God has given us is prayer and the Bible. But here's what you've got to understand today. What is prayer? Prayer is talking to God. What is reading my Bible? God talking to me. Now, both are very important, but you want to know the most important? It's not prayer. If you could only do one of those things, the most important thing that you could do is read God's word. Because then that's God speaking. Because many times our prayer life is no opportunity for God to speak. 
Because we do all the praying and don't give God no chance to, and it's all about our agendas and stuff. But when we read God's word, it's his plan, his purpose, it's him speaking to our lives. So can you see the importance of the Bible, God's word in each and every one of our lives? John 1 verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word. That's not the Bible. That was Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus is the word from the beginning. But that word from the beginning, John 1.14, became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So we, besu- we beheld his glory, even as, as of the begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the word Jesus became flesh. Why did Jesus come as the word? To give us an example to follow. To make the word of God practical and livable for us. To be the example that we can look to. Look at the claim that the word Jesus gives in regards to the word. I know that sounds strange. Look what the word says about the word. But John 6, verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The words I speak, Jesus said, they are spirit first, but they are also life. Here's the thought, they are a spirit that produces life. And I want to explain that to you. The word spirit that they translated there in the Greek was hard for them to translate really with one word. Because if that was to be a literal translation, the word pneuma in the Greek would be breath. So it would read something like this. It would say, the words I speak to you are breath and life. I mean, that doesn't get the point over. I mean, breath. I hope it's good breath. Come on now. They are breath and they are life. But listen, it's not my breath. It's not your breath. It's the breath of God. So here's the thought of the breath of God, the Spirit of God. It's breath, yes, of God, but accompanied with power. So if you want to define really the Spirit, here's my definition. It's this, the breath of God for the fulfillment to what He said. So it's the breath, it's the Spirit, it's His power that comes for what reason? To accomplish everything that He says. In other words, the Scripture is something we can believe and God breathes life, His Spirit into that. So it's accompanied by power. So if you turn around and say, I can't do that, God says different because He says, my word is Spirit and it's life. It's power that accompanies or power to fulfill and to do. And that's why in Hebrews 4 verse 12, we read it this way. For the word of God is alive and powerful. Listen, it's more than just words on a page. It's alive. It's the breath of God. There's power to it that wants to bring life to you. One translation says it's living and active. I like that. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Watch out. No other book can lay claim to that. Come on. No other book can do surgery on us like that. Because God's word doesn't just give us information, it gives us the power to do it. And in the process, it exposes the things that need to change in our lives because it reveals what? Our thoughts and 
our desires. If you want to know who you are, begin to read God's word. And it's like a mirror. You'll see who you are because God will show you things through his word. And that's what we need in our lives. So how can I make God's word alive? Really, that's what we're talking about today. How can I make God's word come alive inside of me? And we're going to look at two separate parts. The first part, we're going to look at the theology of how. And then the second part, we're going to look at practical steps. Are you with me today? Because here's our goal again. Are you ready? Not that we have to, but we get to. I don't have to read God's word. I get to read God's word. And it's spirit and life for my body. So here's the first part that we've got to understand. If we're going to understand God's word and it's going to come to alive to us, we've got to realize that it's first activated by faith. Faith is what activates the word of God. We need to have faith in God and his word to see it and for it to come to life for us. Hebrews 4 verse 2. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit. One translation said it had no value for them because it had not been mixed with faith in those who heard it. The word has to have faith added to it. We see the account here. They heard it, but others who had faith, they rejoiced and they felt, wow, that, but others are scratching their head and say, what? We, we don't get it. We don't. And that can be a struggle for us because when we start talking about faith, we can look at our lives and say, well, man, if I need faith to activate God's word, man, I'm struggling to have faith just to make it today. I'm struggling with my faith. So here's what we need. Are you ready? We need the faith To make the natural become supernatural. But how? How can I activate that type of faith? How can I see that come alive? That's okay because there's something that activates faith. And that's revelation. Revelation begins to activate faith. So if you haven't got the faith, we're stepping back and looking what produces that. And it's revelation. Revelation is that moment when you no longer just see words on a page when you read God's word, but when it jumps out of you. Has any of you ever read a scripture or a verse that you've read for years and all of a sudden that particular day it like hits you upside the head and you're like, I never saw that before. And you're like calling everyone, you're posting it all over social media. You think you discovered like gold and something new and it's just, what is that? That's a revelation. Say with me, revelation. It's that aha moment, that wow, I needed that. That I've seen it in a new light, a way. And hey, it's something that, note this, speaks directly to your need. To your life, you're like, wow, that's mine. It's like you're holding it going, that, that's my word. That's my word. Let me explain why. In the original language, the word word actually has two words to define it. So there's two words for the word word. The first is logos. Logos means that which is written or spoken. And then the second is rhema. And that word literally means revealed or a revelation. It's a personal connection, a revelation, something, excuse me, that is enlightened to you. I'm going to show you an example of this. 
One day, Mary is minding her own business, a teenage little girl. We know the story of Christmas. When the angel Gabriel comes and he says, you are highly favored, you're going to have a kid. You've you got to catch this story and see it today. Because look what Mary says in Luke 1 verse 34. She says, how can this be? I mean, how, how can this happen? How will this be, Mary asks the angel, since I'm a virgin? That's impossible if you need explanation for that in order to have a child. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's just a word to her. It's something she cannot grasp until the angel goes on to explain. And in verse 35, the angel answered and says, No, the Holy Spirit is that which will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is having a child in her own age, and she is said to be unable to conceive. She's in her sixth month. Notice now revelation is beginning to take place. It's not by you, but it's a Holy One born of God. Verse 37 is so powerful. For no word from God will ever fail. Man, I love that. No revelation. If I can get the revelation of God's word into my life, his word will never fail me. It will never let me down. It will direct me. It will encourage me. It will strengthen me. It will bring my life. It works. In other words, God's word works. Now what has happened due to a revelation, Mary now is not saying, how can it be? It's just logos. I don't see it. But now in verse 38, she says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. You see, no longer is it impossible, but now may your word, say with me, rhema. That's what that word is there. May your word, rhema, to me be fulfilled. Everything changed when it went from just something written to something revealed to something that brought revelation in her life. I'm telling you, you and I need God's Word to come alive to us. We need to have a rhema word that we can build our lives upon, that we can hold on to. Why? Because faith is activated through revelation. I need faith to read God's Word. So I need the revelation, the rhema of God's Word. But how do I get revelation? Here's the last part. Are you ready? Meditation. Meditation activates revelation. It's not just a case of only reading God's Word. I think many of us are guilty of doing that, just to check it off the list. Done that, read that. But the thought really is to meditate on God's Word, and that is this, to give thought to it to discuss it, to get in a small group and start talking with other people about God's Word, to study it, to meditate on God's Word means we're working it into every area of our life. Look what God said to Joshua when he was taking over the children of Israel. Joshua 1 verse 7 and 8. He said, only be strong and very courageous. God spoke to him. And then he says that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses has commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. He says, the book of the law, the word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall 
meditate. Say with me, meditate. You shall meditate in it day and night. The word meditate there is the thought of a cow chewing the cud. If you've ever seen a cow, it will go in a field and it will eat the grass. It will chew it for a while. Then it will swallow it. And then what does it do? It spits it back up into its mouth. It pukes it back into its mouth and does what again? Choose again. Why? Because it's drawing more nutrients. It's drawing out more goodness out of that. It will swallow it again and then do what? It's going to spew it back up again. I know disgusting, but it's chewing it again because it's getting more and more and more out of it. That's how we need to read God's Word. We need to allow it to go inside of us and then bring it back up again as we're discussing it and talking about it and looking into it that we can swallow it again. We're bringing it back. That's the word. We're bringing it back up. And so we can draw from it. And here's why we've got to do that because the end of the verse is really important. Because he says, if you have the word and you meditate on it day and night, Look what it says. It says that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Remember, the Spirit gives us the breath of God, but also the ability and the power to do it. That when we do it, come on, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have Good success. Man, I could preach that today. God doesn't say if you do those things, then God will do it. God says when you feast on the word and you meditate and you allow it in your life, you will then, come on, make your way prosperous because you're going to know the truth and you're going to follow it and you're going to live by that. Who doesn't want that? I want that. So we've got to build our lives upon God's word. We've got to meditate on it. We've got to dwell on it. We've got to ponder it. We've got to chew it. We've just got to chew it and, and just keep it going. Matthew 7, 24 and 25 from the message. Look what Jesus says. These words, I speak to you, they're not incidental additions to your life. They're not a home over improvement to your standard of living. They are foundational words. Words to build a life on. If you work these, the thought meditate. If you work these words into your life, you will be like a smart carpenter who built his house on the solid rock. The rains poured down and the rivers flooded. A tornado hit, but nothing moved that house because it was fixed to the rock. It goes on to say this, but then there's a warning in the next few verses if you read it. And it says, but if you don't do them, if you don't live by them, you're going to be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand and the same storms and the trials come. What am I, What are you saying, pastor? Storms are coming. And you may say, well, that's pretty negative. No, I'm positive of that. I'm positive storms are coming in life. But you can be prepared and ready for every storm when you don't take the word of God as an optional extra, but you say, God, I need your word. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to get the revelation of it so it can activate the faith that I need in my life so I can see it come to life and be living and happening in my life. So that's the theological part. Are you ready for the practical? 
Here's the practical part. Three things. I must accept its authority. I must accept its authority. Which is the challenge and choice that we are faced with every day. Let me say that again. It's the challenge, but still the choice that we are faced with every day. In this current culture that we live in, the society around us, if you haven't realized, there's an all-out attack against God's Word. I mean, attack against God's Word. A constant bombardment to make us doubt the authority of God's Word. Really, what it wants to do is change our attitude or our view towards it. Even today, there's laws that man has made that are against God's Word. And that's one of the reasons Thursday, you need to be here Thursday. We're having a day of prayer. It's a national day of prayer Thursday. And from 8 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night, the church is going to be open. And every hour, we're going to have a strategic prayer that we're going to be praying. So you come at lunchtime. You come in the morning. You can stay all day if you want. But we're praying for this nation. We're praying for our leaders. We're praying. We're going to be strategic. We're going to do some spiritual warfare. Because there's an attack that's against us, that wants to change the attitude and response we have to God's Word. I don't know how you look at God's Word, but God's Word is more than just a good book. It's more than just a book written by good people that has kind of helpful information. The Bible is the Word of God. And therefore, I must see it as such, the authority of God, to be able to accept it. If I don't see the Word of God as authority, then I'll give my life to everything else apart from that. But when I say God's Word, I accept it. I didn't say I understand it. Because there's a lot of things in God's Word I maybe don't understand, but I accept the authority. You, you don't understand. A lot. Some of you in here don't understand combustion and how you turn the key and all of a sudden something fires and pistons go and just stuff in your car. You don't understand that, but it doesn't stop you every day putting your key in your car and turning it and going for it. You accept the authority of that and you say, I'm just going to trust that. So we don't always understand it, but it doesn't mean we cannot accept it as truth. And I want to ask you a question today. Are you ready? Whose word can you trust the most? Yours or God's? I mean, that's just a simple question. Do you want to trust yourself? The last time I checked, you were probably the one that got yourself in trouble. And so we know that we don't have the authority on everything. So whose word can be trusted the most? Others or God? Social media? Oh, it's got to be true. Google says it. Do we trust that more than God's word? Come on, is it the world or is it God? We've got to come to a place in our lives that we've either got to say, God, your word is true. It's the authority of my life. If not, then I don't believe it. I said, we've got to make that decision in our life. That's why there's a total attack, because the world wants us to wander away from God's word, to not stand under the authority of it. And if you don't stand for something, yeah, you're going to fall for everything. The tactics of the world. So I've got to decide, I've got to make a decision what I'm going to believe and stand upon. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13. For this reason, Paul writes, We also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as words of men, but you welcomed it in truth as the word of God. Stop for a second. Here's the thought. 
When you received or when you welcomed it, the definition there is this. You welcomed a stranger. You didn't know all about it. But you said you're welcome to come in. You didn't know everything, but you welcomed it in. Read on. Which also or now effectively works in you who believe. What's happening? As you are accepting God's word, it's a stranger in some ways. You don't understand it all, but you accept it in. What happens? Now it can begin to effectively work in you and build a new belief inside of you because it actively operates within you and it causes effectual results. God's word is not going to work in your life if you don't accept the authority of it. That's the truth today. You've got to accept the authority of it. Here at Encounter Church, I just want you to know, and I've set this up that even after I'm not the pastor any longer, but I'm telling you right now, at Encounter Church, everything we do, everything we believe comes from God's Word. We believe the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. We'll even include the maps. We believe that. And if it's not in God's Word, and I'll stand and say, if I ever preach or teach something that you cannot find in God's Word, you hold me accountable. Because we're not here to preach fluff and stuff, because that won't change your life. It's only God's Word that's spirit and life. It's only God's Word that can bring hope to your life. So it's not opinions. It's truth. And that's why I truly believe this. I can only speak. There's great churches here in town. I don't speak against churches here in town because we've got some great pastors and we've got some great things happening. But I can speak for this church and say this. This is a safe place for you and your family. And when you come here, you're going to be taught the Word of God. So what's your decision of the Word of God today? Is it the authority of your life? You need to make that God's authority over my life. Here's the second part. I must work its truth into my life. I've got to assimilate it. I've got to get it working inside of me because God's word works for every area of my life. It works in my finances. It works in my marriage. It works in my health. It works in my deliverance. It has the answer to all of those things. So here's some practical ways that we can work God's word into our life. Are you ready? Part number one is this, by listening Listening to God's word. To hear God's word. I'm going to say this not just because I'm a pastor. I'm going to say this because I believe this wholeheartedly. I cannot understand why people make church an option for their life. Church needs to be the priority of our life. That's the best place you can be. That's the best place you can build your family. God said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I want my kids, my finances, my life, my marriage, everything I have in that. Because that's the only thing that can succeed the church of God. And the church is the best place where you can hear the word of God. Romans ten seventeen. So faith comes... Come on, how to activate it. Remember, we're activating faith because that's how we receive God. How do we activate that? By hearing and hearing God's word, the word of God. There's something special about being in church. To hear God's word, to be pastored, to be led, to be instructed. Here's the second way, by reading God's word. By listening and by reading. And here's how we should read it. We should read God's word as food for your life. In the natural, if you don't eat, you're hungry. In the natural, if you don't eat for a while, you're going to lose strength. 
In the natural, if you quit eating, you're going to die. What are we? We're not natural beings, we're spiritual beings. No wonder so many of us are inebriated and dying and weak and destitute and broken. It's because we're not feeding ourselves the Word of God, which is the bread of life. We need that. Matthew 4.4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. That's the rhema word. The revelation that proceeds from the mouth of God. We need to read God's word. You need to read God's word. Here's the next one. Are you ready? You need to get a paper Bible. What do I mean by a paper Bible? A Bible that has paper. You know what I'm talking about? A paper Bible. Thank God for electronic online Bibles. I use them every day. I love you version. It's a great tool that we have. But listen to me today. It's a proven truth that you retain more by reading a paper Bible. Because what happens when you're reading the Bible digitally? I'll tell you what happens. All of a sudden, Joe texts me and it comes up on the top of my Bible app. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And so all of a sudden, I'm into Joe's business instead of being into Jesus' business. And I can get distracted. Thank God for a digital Bible, but it has its way so many times that you find yourself on Facebook and you don't even realize. So now your face is in the wrong book instead of in the book of God. You need to get a Bible. Because here's what I heard, and I thought this is good. You version is a Bible, but you need your Bible. You need your Bible. Come on, we've got a guest appearance today. This is my Bible. This Bible you've probably hardly ever seen before. Because this Bible doesn't come out of my office. It's fallen to pieces. Look, it's at literally just raggedy and it's fallen to pieces. It's held together with duct tape. It's completely... But can I tell you something about this Bible? I treasure this perhaps over anything else. I keep it in my office. It's, that's just all it does. It's on my desk and it's what I read. I may not be able to tell you chapter and verse of everything, but I can tell you where it is in my Bible. I can tell you it's on the right-hand side page halfway up, and I can just scroll through sometimes, and I find it right there. Because I've got this Bible so lettered up, I've got it so written up, I've got everything that God has given me, and dates and times when God spoke to you. You need to have a Bible like this. You need to have something that you cherish, that you value. One of the best investments that you can make is a good Bible. Make an investment. One of my favorite, this is, this is actually it. They've brought out a new version and that's why I haven't changed it because they've changed the layout so I know this layout better than anything. But one of the best Bibles that I like is called the New Spirit-Filled Life. If you're taking notes, write down that. The New Spirit-Filled Life is a great Bible. For this reason, it gives a good balance between a study Bible and an everyday reading Bible. Some study Bibles like Life Application Bibles, they're excellent, but it's a a bigger Bible and there's a lot of information in there. But the Spirit-filled life, I believe, gives you enough to make you be able to dig deeper, but it also gives you a great balance. And I'm not just endorsing that Bible, but you can get them. A good Bible like this is probably $70 to $100 to make an investment. And you can say, oh man, that's a lot of money. Man, you waste that on Starbucks in two months. And you need to have that. And I would encourage you, if you are getting a Bible, buy a translation, a literal translation. It's a lot better than buying a paraphrased Bible, such as a message Bible. They're all good, but that's paraphrased. In other words, it's taken from a literal translation and and it's written thought by thought. 
And so find yourself a literal translation. If you need help with that, we can help you. Go to, go to Lifeway and stuff and ask them. There's a list of Bibles. There's great Bibles. New King James is one of my favorites, I must admit. New Living Translation is excellent. The NIV is excellent. The ESV is really, really good. The English Standard Version is excellent. There's many great Bibles that you can have, but grab you one. And if you need a Bible, listen to me today. If you need a Bible, we've got one at the back for you that we'll give to you. We've got a lovely Bible that we'll give to you. And and if we give them all out today and there's none left, please write down your name and we're going to get more this week. And we'll make sure in the next couple of weeks we'll have one with your ready for you to go. Because we believe in that. We give out lovely Bibles here. Our Bibles are not cheap that we buy and give here because we believe a Bible is a great tool and investment. So where are we? Set time aside daily. Here's the next thing that you need, practical ways. Listen to God's word, read it. And then the next one is this, set aside time daily. I think the best time to set aside time is the first time. I believe the first time of the day is the best time before anything else. You have the time. A lot of people say, well, I don't have the time to read God's word. You have time, you just waste it. You waste so much time. And I believe the word of God is what you need to prepare you for the day. Some of you can grab your phones and you can go on social media and you can be wrecked before you even get out of your bed in the morning by something someone said. You need to be prepared for those things. And you know what prepares you? God's Word. Grab yourself a coffee and sit down and read God's Word. Don't turn on your computer. Don't turn on your phone. Don't Go straight to God's Word and begin to set aside time every day. I make it a priority every day. David said, early will I seek you. And it's so good. Have a plan. Here's the next one. Have a plan. Have a plan. We send out a daily devotion every day with a one-year reading plan. One-year Bible is a great way to do it. That's a paper Bible that you can buy, and it divides the Bible into about five chapters a day, 12 to 15 minutes that you can read the Bible in a year. It gives you Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs every day. And some days when you're going through Chronicles and it's a whole lot of begots and begats, you are thankful for that psalm and proverb. I just want you to know that. It's all important, but man, thank God for the psalm and the proverb that day. But read it through. There's many plans on you version. There's so many plans. You can read the Gospels in 30 days. You can, there's so many plans that you can do. And I'll also say this. If you get behind in one of your plans, don't say, man, I'm like 100 days behind. I'm trying to catch up. Just skip it and start today. Because guess what? You're going to catch it again next year when you read it. It's still going to be in there for you next year. Don't get so bogged down because then you're like, oh, I'm so far behind. What's the point? Just start again today. Start a plan today and we'll just catch it again next year. And one of the last points, look at this. Don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. Don't just read it. Let it read you. Not just a check off. I've done it. Ask God, here's what I often do before I pray, nearly every day. I'm not going to lie and tell you every day, but most days. Before I begin reading, I say, God, I want you to show me something today. Show me something from your word today. May it come alive. What are you trying to say to me today? Because remember, it reveals my innermost thoughts and my desires. What are you trying? God, I want your word to be a mirror because that's what it says. One definition of God's word, it wants to be a mirror. God, I want you to reflect God. I want to be reflected in it. I want to see 
And here's what I'd encourage you to do. If you're reading those daily reading plans, just look for one verse during that day that you can really take with you and chew on all day and just meditate and let it come alive. That verse I read today from Joshua 7 verse 2, that came from my daily reading today. And I'm dwelling on that. God, it's not the numbers because I don't want the glory. God, it's for your glory. And I'm meditating on that today. And explore God's word. Get in a group with other people. Lead a group. Host a group. We need people to lead small groups here. And it's just about, not all about just reading God's word. What do you enjoy doing? Make a group out of it. And then, yes, we open God's word and we have a prayer and a devotion. But we just enjoy letting God's word read our life. Listen to this scripture from Psalms 119 verse 11. The psalmist writes, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I believe that it could be written like this. I have strategically placed. Because if you hide something, most of the time it's because it's of value and worth and you put it away so you don't lose it. You have strategically placed it somewhere safe. The psalmist is saying, God, your word is so valuable to me. I've strategically placed it in my heart. And look what he says the result of doing that is. Where the word is, sin has to go. Come on, where God's word is, sin leaves. That's what the Bible says. When I get God's word into my heart, I'm not going to sin against you, God. Because the word brings freedom to your life. Love happens. That's our vision here. Freedom comes to your life. We want that. God's work can bring that. And last but not least, number three, the band can come back. I must apply its principles. Come on, I've got to accept it. I've got to assimilate it. I've got to apply it. I've got to apply its principles. In other words, I've got to build my life upon it. James 1 verse 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Let me say that again. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceiving yourselves, but do what it says. I've got to live by it, not just quote it. There's a lot of people I know. Are you ready? And I'm coming after you right now. There's a lot of people who can quote every scripture almost. You begin to say and they just roll it off. It's not just knowing the truth. You've got to apply the truth. You've got to live by the truth. The Bible says the truth you know is what's going to set you free, but it's the truth that you are living and actively pursuing in your life. Living God's, that's where freedom comes. A lot of us just quote the scripture and memorize it and just quote it. That's great. But the whole idea of you quoting it is so that we'll get into your heart and you'll begin to live it. And you begin to realize, hold on, I'm the head and not the tail. I don't belong here. I don't need to be here. God's not given me a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Come on, all those that speak against me, God's going to silence them. Come on right now. Begin to quote those things. But why? Because I want to live those things in my life. So here's what I encourage every one of you to do. Find a verse for your situation. What are you facing right now? What struggle, what battle are you in? maybe physically with your kids, your finances, find a verse and hold on to that. 
Speak that blessing. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. God, I'm serving you and I'm believing. And God, I claim that promise. Come on. You need that. Come on. By his stripes, I am healed. That's my rhema word. It's not just words, logos on a page. It's my revelation. And you ain't going to take that away from me. Get the word of God into your life. Because we need faith. That comes through revelation by meditation. And we need to have the authority of it. We need to assimilate it, work it into our lives so we can then apply it. Come on, I want you to love it. I want you to learn it. And I want you to live it. Be committed over the next few weeks because I'm telling you, we're going to go on a journey. We're going to actually break down the Bible from the Old Testament and New and see how the Old Testament actually is a mirror of the New Testament or the New Testament is mirrored. And we're going to understand how it was written. We're going to break it up. We're going to go through it. But most importantly, we're going to understand the power it is for our lives and why we need it in our lives. Would you bow your heads all over this place?